Welcome to another episode of Kodo Cinema, the podcast show where I talk about movies. I'm your host, Mark Kodo, a.k.a. Kodo Man. Well, for this episode, I'm going to talk about uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Just when you thought 2022 did not have enough Pinocchio films. Well, unfortunately, we got a third Pinocchio film adaptation, but this time from Guillermo del Toro. Sure, we had the... Polly Shore Pinocchio film that was um, that was basically made in Russia, although obviously it was dubbed in the U.S. Basically, no, most notably from Polly Shore, and of course you get the live-action Disney remake directed by Robert Zemeckis, although that was more on Disney's fingertips rather than Robert Zemeckis. And then, of course, you have Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, and not to mention a Pinocchio cameo from Puss in Boots: The Last Wish. So, so you're all probably wondering about Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Like, is it actually one of the best Pinocchio film adaptations? Well, it turns out, yes. Because uh, some of the previous Pinocchio film adaptations that came out after the, uh, after the release of the 1940 Disney animated film of the same name, some of the other adaptations struggled to capture the same magic as the 1940 Disney animated film. So when Guillermo del Toro stepped in, he was able to create his own take on the classic on the classic story and from what he did, it delivers. Now, I don't I don't think it's the best Pinocchio film. It's one of the best Pinocchio films. It's up there with the 1940 Disney classic. Although I definitely would say it would take the number two spot because the original 1940 Disney Walt Disney's Pinocchio still holds up. It, it really, it really does. And to and to tell you the truth, the Pinocchio book is dark, and so is the 1940 Disney classic. So, so and so is Guillermo del Toro's. So just go to Guillermo del Toro's side. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, or just Pinocchio in general, is a 2022 mu- musical dark fantasy film made through stop-motion animation, to which Guillermo del Toro directed, including Mark Gustaf- Gustafsson. With a screenplay, with a screenplay by Guillermo del Toro, with Patrick McHale. So, so any, so anyway, the the film is based on the the original book the 1883 Italian novel by Carlo Collati, and was strongly influ- influenced by Grace Grimsley's illustrations for a 2002 edition of the book. Now, the film reimagines the adventures of Pinocchio, a wooden puppet who comes to life as the son of his carver or puppet or puppeteer master, Geppetto. And the, the film focuses on a story of love and disobedience as Pinocchio 
struggles to live up to his father's expectations, learning the true meaning of life. Now, I think that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good story idea. That's a pretty good idea. Having Pinocchio, having Pinocchio learning about what, the, the meaning of life, I, I should say. I mean, almost sounds like something out of Monty Python, the meaning of life. But when it comes to Pinocchio, because Pinocchio is a wooden puppet, it sounds like, you know, Pinocchio is a puppet trying to learn what life is. And this film really, really shows. And when I'm, the film I'm talking about, Pinocchio, the Pinocchio film that Guillermo del Toro did, that's basically what's going on. Now, 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 this film takes place in fast and fast and fastest Italy during the interwar period in World War II. So yes, this film, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, takes place during World War II, set in fascist Italy, when um, when Mussolini when Mussolini was was basically the dictator at the time. Now the film has an all-star cast, which includes David Bradley, Ron Perlman, Ewan McGregor, John Turturro, Finn Wolfhard, Kate Blanchett, Tim Blake Nelson, Christoph Waltz, and Tilda Swinton, including uh, Bern Gorman and uh, Gregory Mann. Greg Gregory Mann plays Pinocchio. Now, since the film is stop-motion animation, it is definitely a long time coming for stop-motion animation because. I mean, there's there's been there's been a ton of animated films, most notably like 2D animation and 3D animation, hand drawn, but not as much, but not but not too many stop motion animated films. Now, granted, I mean, I know that's been more on the TV side of things, most notably like with Wallace and Gromit and of course Robot Chicken, but what, but for films, not as much. Sure, you have uh, Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas, Corpse Bride, even. Even Cor even Coraline, Fantastic Mr. Fox, and of and of course Wallace and Gromit: The Curse of the Red Rabbit. So, so yeah, so yeah. And the fact is, Guillermo del Toro wants to do a Pinocchio film in stop motion animation. Although, although that that was almost thrown out out of the window because because of because the studio execs were close to have Guillermo del Toro do traditional animation. Which I'm probably wouldn't mind. I mean, I wouldn't mind a hand-drawn or traditional animated Pinocchio film, but for but a stop-motion animated Pinocchio film, that's actually that's that's not a bad that's not a bad idea. And I like how Guillermo del Toro kept it because the ex the overall execution for Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio actually turned out very well. And and this film was was dis distributed by Netflix. I mean, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio was a long-time passion project, who considers it considers that no other character ever had as deep of a personal connection to him as Pinocchio, and to which the film itself is dedicated to the memories of Guillermo del Toro's parents. Originally announced in 2008 with a release date in 2013 or 2014, it was stuck in development hell, but it wasn't until January 2017 when, when, when Patrick, Patrick McHale of of Over the Guarded Wall was announced to co-write the screenplay, but the production was suspended in November 2017 as no studios were willing to provide financing. I hope one, I hope, oh, I hope that studio, I hope that studio, I hope that studio wasn't Disney because I, I wonder how Robert Zemeckis felt about when Disney called him in to do, um, to do the Pinocchio film. Just saying. Oh, this is heavy. Why do you like your 
But however, I'm glad that Guillermo del Toro and his team, along with Netflix, was able to pick up the film. And of, co- and, of, and of course, the rest was history. The film premiered at the BFI London Film Festival on October 15th of, of 2022 and released in select theaters on November 9th, 2022 and began streaming on Netflix on December 9th. The film received critical acclaim for its animation, visuals, music, story, emotional weight, and voice acting. Received so many awards, including the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature Film, making it the first non-Disney and Pixar film to win the Oscar since 2018's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And of course, the second overall stop-motion animated film after Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Rare Rabbit. So, yeah, I'm actually I'm actually glad it won Best Animated Feature Film because the film was actually very good. I actually liked Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I saw the film three times in a row on Netflix. Yeah. That's how good that film is. That's how good that film is. And of course, the stop motion animation, I mean, you get, it was provided by different studios, most notably Netflix Animation, but also Shadow Machine and the Jim Henson Company. So you're all probably wondering, what do these studios have in mind? Well, puppeteer wise, I mean, the Jim Henson Company, very well known for the Muppets, does do like some of the puppeteer work. So so they did some of the puppeteering for the Pinocchio film. And of course, Shadow Machine. So Shadow Machine, for those of you who may or may not know, it is a animated production company, which is and it's very well known, most notably for the Robot Chicken animated show. So yes, Shadow Machine, the the production company, is the is the studio behind Robot Chicken. So for for those of you who have seen the film. You probably might have gotten a little bit of robot chicken vibes because of the stop motion animate because of the stop motion animation that Shadow Machine provided, and of course, um, and and of course, I mean, and of, and of course, the film is itself is, I mean, it's different. It's a, it's different in terms of like the time setting, but it still tries to like tell a tell a story from the perspective of Guillermo del Toro's. So, I'm just gonna go into the plot of the film so as i mentioned the film so spoilers ahead spoilers ahead for those of you who have not seen guillermo del toro's pinocchio spoiler alert so the film the film opens up in italy during uh, world war ii in a and this and it features and it features geppetto in a fit of drunken rage 20 years after losing his son carlo to an aerial bombard bombardment during the great war so Technically, we get we get an opening flashback with Geppetto and his son, his real life son Carlo. And for those of you who may or may not know, Carlo, Carlo, it, the the name Carlo is taken from the author's name Carlo Carlo Collati, who is the author of the original Pinocchio book. And for that opening, I actually like how they took Carlo's name, you know, made him a character, like as of Geppetto. Geppetto's as Geppetto's son, so I actually kind of like that. I I like the uh, I like how in our uh, how taking the name it kind of honors the original uh, author of the original book. That's actually a pretty I thought in my opinion that's a very nice that's a very nice tribute to the author. Better than what, better than what Dizzy did because Dizzy mentioned uh, Geppetto having a son, but they never really mentioned who who was Geppetto's son. And I'm talking about it in the live-action Disney remake, by the way. 
So Guillermo del Toro did it better for this one. <laughs> so basically, basically, we get a couple of scenes where of Geppetto and his son Carlo having a great time being a father and son. And, and of course, this did go into the whole Great War where, his, where Geppetto's son Carlo was killed by an aerial bombardment during the Great War. The, so then, in a drunken ra rage, the woodcarver cuts down the pine tree planted in Carlo's memory and uses it to create a wooden boy. Now, Geppetto creates a wooden boy originally, which I'm pretty sure is originally supposed to be Carlo. Like, you know, like recreating Carlo, but as a wooden puppet. And of course, from the tree, inside that tree, we get uh, <clears throat> a crick we get a cricket. Yes, Jiminy Cricket. Or should I say Sebastian J. Cricket? Yes. His name is Sebastian J. Cricket in the film. It's not Jiminy Cricket, although there is a J initial in his middle name. So, I see what you did there, Guillermo. I see what you did there. Giving Sebastian J. Cricket. I'm pretty sure Sebastian J. is Sebastian Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> and, of course, and of course, uh, Ewan McGregor voices Jiminy Cricket. Or should I say Sebastian J. Cricket. <laughs> And and of course Sebastian is a writer, but knowing he but knowing later on he takes on the responsibility of Pinocchio's conscience. He lived up in that tree for a for a short time until it gets chopped down by Geppetto. And by by the way, Jiminy Cricket got the had the high ground for a while. Jiminy Cricket had the high ground for a while until Geppetto cut down his tree to make a wooden boy. So so then. So then we get to see a a wood a wood sprite or the blue fairy, the wood sprite's being voiced by Tilda Swinton, who brings the puppet to life, christening him, basically basically bringing Pinocchio to life. And of course, she names the wooden boy Pinocchio, and she assigns Sebastian J. Cricket to guide him morally, promising Sebastian a wish in exchange. So, and I don't really remember what the wish was in this exchange. I believe it was more of fame and fortune because Jiminy Cricket wants to be an, to be a, an author. He, he wants to be an author in exchange. A famous author. So then Geppetto wakes up to a, li to a living wooden boy come to life, which is basically Pinocchio. Now, of course, when I saw the film first time around, the voice for Pinocchio, I will say this... <laughs> It kind of got him. It got a. It got pretty annoying at the start, but for a while going into the film, it grew. It grew on me because the thing is, Pinocchio as a little little, little boy, little wooden little, little wooden puppet, doesn't know much about Geppetto's home. Geppetto's home, and of course, it goes into a musical musical number of like Pinocchio singing. Everything's new to me. Now, which, which to be fair, that's actually pretty common because sometimes people, be, you know, pe people seeing new things, it, it looks pretty new to me. And of course, <laughs> and, and of course, I gotta definitely understand that. I will say this though: the musical number for what Pinocchio is singing right now, "Everything Is New to Me," which is the title of the song, it's actually pretty. It's it's pretty 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 nice. I mean, not as memorable as any of the previous songs from the from the from the Walt Disney original. But I'm just saying. But I'm just saying. It's it is, it is a nice little, nice little change. So then, so then Geppetto 
leaves Pinocchio inside what looks to be a small cupboard-like closet. When and because he is terrified and fed up with Pinocchio's antics, and of course he goes to church, but Geppetto somehow Geppetto goes to church, leaving Pinocchio behind. So then Pinocchio decides to go to church. Jiminy Cricket, or <clears throat> Sebastian J. Cricket tries to stop him and tells him to to like and tells him like you should obey your father. Sebastian tells Pinocchio he should obey his father, and of course this also almost this almost leads into another musical number from. Another musical number, but this time from Sebastian, because Sebastian was going to sing, was going to sing about about his father. Unfortunately, Pinocchio slams the door on Sebastian into a wall. And by the way, Jiminy Cricket gets crushed multiple times in this film. He's completely useless in this film. Now, Sebastian J. Cricket being useless in this film was handled a lot better. Than the live action Disney remake. Because in the live action Disney remake, Jiminy Cricket was useless. Was useless for no reason. Like he got stuck in a jar. He tried to help Pinocchio, but no, they made Jiminy Cricket useless in that film by being stuck in a jar. And the writing for him was awful. It was awful. Like Jiminy Crickets, that writing for in the live action Disney remake was awful. Even the writing in Guillermo del Toro was a lot better. And they made Jiminy, <clears throat> they made Sebastian useless for a reason. And, and also to bring, and also, so, so yeah, they made him useless in that film. So moving forward, Pinocchio ends up going to, going to the church that Geppetto goes into. And it, and of course, the entire altar, the entire altar was shocked by Pinocchio because they think they all think Pinocchio is <clears throat> a demon from hell, which is not true because the the wood sprite or the blue fairy brought the pu brought the puppet to life. So then it turns out the priest kicks kicks out both kicks out both Pinocchio and Geppetto. And this also leads up into an evening with the Podesta, with the Podesta, the priest, and including the Podesta's son. The Podesta is being voiced by, by Ron Perlman, a, a frequent collaborator of Guillermo del Toro, ordering Geppetto to send Pinocchio to school. Also, this also leads into a scene where Pinocchio wants hot chocolate. This also gets me thinking, Pinocchio's a puppet. How is Pinocchio supposed to eat or drink? But Pinocchio, being a being a little wooden, being a wooden brat himself, just <laughs> just begs begs his father for hot chocolate, and he gets the hot he gets the hot chocolate. Sits with the Podesta's son, um, Candle Candlewick Candlewick, being voiced by Finn Wolfhart. Although his although, not to mention in, in the in the original nineteen forty film, Candlewick was basically the name for Candlewick is Lampwick, but in the book it's called, his name is Candlewick. So so I guess so so yeah, I could definitely see where it's coming from with that. And of course, uh, Candlewick <laughs> forces makes Pinocchio put his feet by a fire. His feet gets burnt gets burned up and of course of course his feet uh, gets cooled off by the water. May Geppetto makes new legs for Pinocchio before he sends him off to school the next day. Well, on his way now, on Pinocchio uh, the next day on his way to school, he is inter he is intercepted by a show by a showman, Count Volp and his monkey Spazzatoro. Wait a minute! Well, well, well! 
Count Volpe. So that inglorious bastard is the is the new Stromboli and Honest John for Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Okay, so obviously enough, uh, Count Volpe is the is a combination of Stromboli and uh, and Honest John. And you can definitely tell, I mean, Count Volpe does look a lot like Honest John, particularly from the hair, the beard, the uh, the coat, and of course the the, the staff that he has, and uh, and the fact and the strong bully comes in basically because Count Volpe owns a what looks to be a circus, and of course Spazatora is the is the monk is the monkey sidekick to Count Volpe. Spazatora fills in for the cat Gideon. So uh, oh, and a little and a little nice little hint of detail. Volpe means fox in Italian, and Spazatora means means trash or garbage in Italian for Spazatora for Spazatora. And also, fun fact: Spazatora is voiced by none other than Kate Blanchett. Yes, Kate Blanchett plays Spazatora the monkey, and she got paid to do this, folks. She got paid to make monkey noises for Spazatora. But she does give give in some dialogue through through the through the puppets that Spazatora operates. Count Volpe is voiced by Christoph Waltz. And, and yes. And and yes, he and yes, Christoph Waltz does a fantastic job playing Count Volpe. Count Volpe is basically he's he's melodramatic, but but he does fit in for the for he does fit in for Honest John and and Strombo and Stromboli. I wonder how I wonder I wonder what the team behind it was like. Like Guillermo del Toro thought that Strom that Count Volpe was a good replacement for Stromboli. <gasps> that's it, Stromboli. Count Volpe can fit in for Stromboli, and that's actually true because here's the thing. Uh, there was a there was a puppet for Stromboli. There was a puppet that was originally going to be used. For Stromboli, because the puppet that you see in the Pinocchio film was originally supposed to be Stromboli, but Guillermo del Toro decided to make a new make a new character because it turns out he didn't like the Stromboli puppet. So, so he used the Stromboli puppet just as a background character, and and I thought that was that was a nice little change. And of course, nice little way to not only honor the 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 Disney animated film, but also building, bringing in something new to 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 the story. So I thought that was nice. And of course, uh, Count Volpe does bring in a musical number before meeting Pinocchio. I mean, it's not high diddle, it's not high diddle d, but it, it but it is basically something to make him a king again because Count Volpe was used to be. A king of the shows, king of the shows, I should say. So Count Volpe, Count Volpe convinces Pinocchio to join his show, kind of like what Honest John does to bring Pinocchio to Stromboli. Brings Pinocchio to the circus, basically bringing Pinocchio to the circus. Sebastian tries to stop Pinocchio, but he gets squashed by Spazatora with Carlo's book, and and of course, and of course. Um, and of course, uh, Geppetto, uh, and of course, uh, Geppetto worries for Pinocchio because he heard from the Podesta that Pinocchio was not at school. Geppetto 
goes out in the night to, to look for Pinocchio. And I'm just going to say this right now. Pinocchio! He, so yeah, Geppetto tries to find Pinocchio, but he finds Carlo's book on top of Jimmy Cricket. And uh, on top of Sebastian J. Cricket. And of course, <laughs> with Geppetto's foot, he crushes J he crushes Sebastian J. Cricket. I'm telling you right now, Sebastian gets gets crushed multiple times in this film. Not kidding. So then, uh, Geppetto, so then Geppetto sees Pinocchio perform perform for the first time. He arrives to take Pinocchio back, resulting in a confrontation between him and Count Volpe that ends with Pinocchio being hit by the Podesta's truck. Even the Podesta's, even the Podesta himself. Even the Podesta himself didn't see see it coming, and then he tells Geppetto, "That's what happens when you leave your children wandering on the streets alone." And then, of course, we get a narration from Sebastian that Pinocchio dies, but it turns out, but it turns out death was not the end, according to Sebastian. So in the afterlife, in the afterlife, we see we see four bunnies, with carrying what carrying Pinocchio's coffin. Through what looks to be the afterlife of hell or something, I mean, I don't, I don't really know. I know it's an afterlife, but it looks pretty hellish. And of course, the bunnies are singing a lamented song. And all four bunnies, by the way, all four bunnies are being voiced by Tim Blake Nelson. And I will say this: Tim Blake Nelson puts up a good singing voice for for the bunnies. So then, so so then, uh, Pinocchio meets the Wood Sprite's sister, Death. Also voiced by Tilda Swinton, and I like their designs. By the way, I like the I like their designs. By the way, it it I mean it looks more animalistic, devilish, animalistic like like death, but a devilish animalistic like design for death. And of course, she has like well, it appears to be snakes for tails, I believe. And of course, and of course, the uh, the hands of a lion or something. Who and Death explains to Pinocchio that he is immortal and revives him with with an hourglass with an hourglass and and that that can only happen when the hourglass is empty. So technically, Pinocchio comes back to life whenever the hourglass is empty. And by the way, the the bunnies do appear in the original book, so I like how Guillermo del Toro incorporates elements from the book to the film. Death cautions. Pinocchio, that the more he dies, the more time he will spend in the afterlife. So going back into the more going back into the mortal realm, Pinocchio comes back to life, and of course John Turturro is the doctor. He's in and he's in this film for a short time because John Turturro uh, checks to make sure Pinocchio was alive. Unfortunately, at the point at the time, not really, but when he came back to life, yes, he's alive. Count Volpe. Wants Pinocchio to continue with the show, but unfortunately, the Podesta, the Podesta want, the Podesta wants Pinocchio to join the army because it's World War Two, and at the time, and at the time, they want the young boys to come join the army, but Geppetto refuses. Geppetto refuses, so Geppetto takes Pinocchio home. Count Volpe threatens Geppetto by saying that he needs to pay, that Geppetto needs to pay Count Volpe a lot of money. Yeah, because because Pinocchio signed a contract, which is basically a a a happy sunshine a happy sunshine on the contract from Count Volpe. 
and we actually do get a get an we actually do get an interesting conversation between Geppetto and Pinocchio while walking home because uh, Geppetto is fed up with Pinocchio's antics, and I and the and between the two of them they do and between the two two of them they both argue mostly a lot in this film because like I said Pinocchio Pinocchio is a cheery is. Pinocchio is a curious wooden boy who doesn't know the doesn't know what life is because Geppetto tells Pinocchio Geppetto tells Pinocchio that he's a that Pinocchio Geppetto calls Pinocchio a burden and the and the reason why well because one Pinocchio didn't go to school he's a, he Pinocchio didn't go to school he went to a show and now since he's out of the show he has to pay Count Volpe a lot of money and of course. And of course, now he has to join the army because it's the law, which puts a lot of pressure on Geppetto because war took Geppetto's son Carlo away. Even Pinocchio himself was going to was going to was going to was going to say that that Carlo Carlo because Carlo because Carlo died in the war because one Pinocchio is not Carlo. Pinocchio is Pinocchio. But but the fact is, Geppetto is so focused. Is he he couldn't let go of Carlo. He, he can't move on from Carlo because he doesn't want to lose Pinocchio. He doesn't. Geppetto doesn't want to lose Pinocchio like what he did with Carlo. That's why he didn't let go of Carlo. And call and and Geppetto calling Pinocchio a burden that really hits home because a burden really basically means difficult. Basically, Pinocchio is a difficult child, and that really, really hits home for not only Geppetto, but also Pinocchio, because Pinocchio doesn't understand. He doesn't understand what the world is. And of course, at the, during nighttime, when Pinocchio and Geppetto are sleeping, Sebastian has a nice, nice conversation with Pinocchio, which gives Pinocchio an idea to, an idea to go, go see Count Volpe to be a part of his show, and and of course, not have Geppetto pay a bolo of money to Count Volpe. So Pinocchio Pinocchio leaves a note for for his father Geppetto, although it's a it's a happy sunshine. And of course, and then Pinocchio traps Sebastian in a glass cup. Okay, nice little call. Okay, I will say this nice little in joke from the live action Disney remake. He puts a mallet on top of the on the glass cup. Pinocchio leaves. Jiminy Cricket just just stands in there and screams, "No!" So anyway, Sebastian escapes the cup, escapes the escapes the cup, or the glass, I should say. And of course, as he's trying to walk out the door, he gets smashed by the top by the wooden part of the mallet. And <laughs> oh my goodness, I feel bad for Sebastian. And it was so fun. It's so funny because. Sebastian gets crushed, but you know they're, they're playing this for humor. Also, as a nice little in joke, Jiminy Cricket gets killed by a mallet. He gets killed by a mallet in the book from from Pinocchio. Now he doesn't die in the film. Well, of course. Well, actually, actually, well, actually, not till the spoiler alert, not till the very end. But the top of the mallet, the wooden part, crushes Sebastian J. Crick. Cricket and it's like oh the pain, the pain. So then Pinocchio meets up with Count Volpe. 
they go they go on to different locations in in Italy to perform the show, and we and Geppetto sees Geppetto sees Jiminy Cricket. <clears throat> Geppetto sees sees Sebastian J. Cricket on the ground, helpless helplessly. So Geppetto and and Sebastian go go out during the day to find Pinocchio, and they both find the location where Count Volpe used to be, but the location is no more. So Geppetto sits down and now he wants to find Pinocchio. But I do like the conversation that Sebastian gives him. Like Sebastian's like, oh, oh, so now you want oh, so now you want to find Pinocchio. First of all, you were like, me, me, me. Oh, oh I lost myself. Oh, I lost this, I lost that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Now Sebastian's like, oh now you wanna do it. I kinda like I kinda like that. As you, it's kind of motivational at times, but you kind of get the point. So we get different scenes of Pinocchio performing, and of course Geppetto and Sebastian going from location to locate, going from place to place where Count Volpe and Pinocchio were performing their shows. And then this also goes into a scene where, um, where and it also goes into a scene where um. Pinocchio and Spazzatura are talking to each other, and it turns out that Volpe is conning him out of the money, and he falsely promised to send that he promises falsely promised to send to his father. Hearing this, Volpe beats up Spazzatura, upsetting Pinocchio. So, and, and so so in order to in order for Pinocchio to, you know, to sabotage Volpe, Pinocchio. Pinocchio and Spazzatoro come up with a plan to, you know, make a crazy show for crazy show to ridicule the Italian dictator Benito Mussolini, the fascist dictator, while in attendance for for a final performance. And of course, this is basically a song for, you know, this this is a song for like this is like a Pinocchio song for fascist fascist Italy for the film, for the film. And also, we do get a nice little song from Pinocchio singing "Child Papa," which was nominated for a Golden Globe for best original for best original song. Surprisingly, he's not nominated for best original song for the Oscars, and that was that was before the whole Benito Mussolini song for the film. So Mussolini, so Mussolini was in attendance, including the Podesta himself and his son. They heard Pinocchio sabotage the song, basically, basically. Basically, ending up with Mussolini executing Pinocchio and the circus being burnt, destroying Volpe's career. Pinocchio is revived again, but this time being taken by the Podesta to a boot camp where other boys, where other boys are trained to fight in the war. So the Podesta, for those of you who probably may already find out, that the Podesta is filling in for the coachman, for for which is basically. The coachman taking like the little boys to Pleasure Island, but this time Pleasure Island is a boot camp. Pinocchio befriends the Podesta's son Candlewick, who is afraid of disappointing his father. And after a training game between the two teams led by Pinocchio and Candlewick, it ends in a tie. And the Podesta orders Candlewick to shoot Pinocchio, because one, the Podesta knows that Pinocchio is immortal, but the thing is. Why would he kill Pinocchio again? Like, why is that? Why is that? I don't really understand. I mean, yes, I know Pinocchio is immortal, but why is that? I mean, is it because, like, well, maybe, I actually, I get it. 
Because remember, like when it comes to like war and stuff, like one team has got to win. One 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 group has got to win. Like one team's got to win. Kind of same, kind of similar to sports too. Like we're in sports, like one team, one team takes it all. But uh, but knowing the fact, some but don't forget, like in World War One, it ended like in an in an armistice. I don't remember. I don't remember who won, but I know it ended in an armistice. But for this time around, this time around, the Podesta wants wants someone, a, some wants a team to win. So so then, Candlewick refuses and stands up to his father. The training camp is then bonded by the Allied aircraft, killing the Podesta. So, killing the Podesta. I'm pretty sure the Podesta is in hell already because now. Because I'm pretty sure the Podesta is going to be Hellboy now. Yeah, because of the fact that Ronald Perlman plays Hellboy in the Hellboy films that Guillermo del Toro did. That Guillermo del Toro did. So then Pinocchio is captured by Volpe while Candlewick and the other boys flee for their lives. We don't really know what happened to Candlewick in the film, which is actually one of the downsides of Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. What really happened to Candlewick? Is Candlewick dead is he still alive i mean i know his last words was screaming for pinocchio he wants to see if pinocchio's okay but we don't even know if he lives or not that's the that's the thing i mean i know in the original the, the i know in the original lampwick what candlewick or lampwick in the original turns into a donkey tur- turns into a donkey or <clears throat> jackass i should say because because all the boys turned into jackasses but but uh, somehow, somehow, Lampwick ended up. At, I mean, I guess you could say that the, even in the original Pinocchio film, I mean, the the fate for Lampwick is basically. Basically, he's still alive, but as a but as a donkey, we don't know if he's if he was dead or alive. But I'm pretty sure he was he was still alive, and I'm pretty sure Candlewick is still alive. It it just really really wasn't like explained that much. So Volpe captured. Pinocchio and he tries to burn him to death as revenge for ruining his career. And I'm pretty sure sh- and and also they basically Cal Volpe puts Pinocchio on on a cross, which almost looks like the crucifixion of of Jesus Jesus Christ a little bit. I'm pretty sure there's another reference to how Pinocchio almost got killed in the book. Pinocchio was hanged in the book by Honest John and Gideon, which is basically the box of the cat. They hung Pinocchio in the book. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that's more of an of a reference to it where Pinocchio where Pinocchio is about to die. But this time around almost being burned to death. Spazatora somehow comes to his senses and saves Pinocchio, resulting in Volpe falling to his death off off a seaside cliff. Alongside Pinocchio and Spazatora during a stru- during Alongside with Pinocchio and Spazatora, ending up in the, in the ocean. So later on, so later on, um, Geppetto and Sebastian J. Cricket are finding are still finding Pinocchio, but they both ended up in you guessed it, a giant whale or sea dog, or a giant dogfish. Yes, we get to see the dogfish. We finally get to see a dogfish. In the Pinocchio film, I'm pretty sure the dogfish appeared in other Pinocchio adaptations, but this time around, yes, we get a dogfish. Inside the do- the bu- the belly of the dogfish, Pinocchio and Spazatora were also captured too. They find Geppetto and Sebastian, who are who were swallowed during the search for Pinocchio. 
And of course, there was an idea that Sebastian J. Cricket had, basically Pinocchio lies to make his nose grow into a large branch. And of course, this wasn't the first time Pinocchio lied. He lied in the church scene too, and of course during the argument that he has with Geppetto after his first show with Count Volpe. So yes, that was the third time we get to hear, that was the third scene we get to hear Pinocchio lie. So Pinocchio lies to make his nose grow into a large branch, thus forming a bridge leading out of the monster's blowhole, making their escape as the monster attempts to eat them again. Pinocchio sacrifices himself by detonating a naval mine inside the monster, killing them both. For those, a naval mine is basically a bomb, like for under for underwater. And of course, I, I got I got a Finding Nemo reference because there was a scene where um, where uh, where uh, where Marlin, Dory, and the sharks were having a little party, <laughs> having a little party under the sea, full. And they were surrounded by na underwater naval mines, and they were all blown up after the shark attack. So then, so th so then Pinocchio dies again. Upon meeting death again, Pinocchio demands to be sent back early to save Geppetto from drowning. But death warns him that doing so will make him mortal. But Pinocchio breaks the hourglass to return and ends up drowning while saving his father. The wood sprite reappears to a mourning Geppetto and Sebastian, and of course, Sebastian uses his wish to make the blue fairy or the wood sprite revive Pinocchio. So then, Pinocchio comes back to life, and Pinocchio returns home with his father, Sebastian and Spazzatoro, to live, to live together as a family. Outliving all his loved ones, Pinocchio decides to travel the world. So technically, Pinocchio travels the world at the end of this film. Now, he doesn't turn into a real boy. He still remains a wooden puppet. And this is one of those times where it works. It works that Pinocchio doesn't turn into a real boy. Unlike the, the live-action Disney remake where Pinocchio still remains a wooden boy, but knowing the fact that he does turn into a wooden boy, but only for a split second. And also, not to mention this, Geppetto, Spazzatoro, and Sebastian dies. All three of them die in this film, at the end of the film. I'm pretty sure Candlewick is still, still alive, but the three supporting characters, Sebastian, Geppetto, and Spazzatoro, all die in this film, at the end of this film. And Pinocchio is still left, is still left alive and well to go on an adventure. And there you have it. There's that is the that is the stop motion animated film Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I will say this overall, the film itself is a good film. Now I wouldn't now it's it is one of the best Pinocchio film adaptations, and it's up there with the the with the Disney class with the Disney classic. And I I like how the stop motion animate how they use stop motion animation. I know it's been a while for stop motion animate animated films but i really like how guillermo del toro and his team were able to bring the stop motion animation back to back to cinema and overall i like the film overall i mean yes it is a dark it is a dark fantasy film and of course it does and it does go into a little bit of the roots for guillermo del toro because guillermo del toro has done some of the some of the some, some of the horror dark fantasy films but at the same time 
does bring in something new. I, and I also like that the cast in this film is, I thought the cast did a very good job. Greg, Gregory Mann voicing Pinocchio. At first I thought it, it sounded, it was annoying at first, but overall going into the rest of the film, he did, he did a fantastic job voicing the title character. And I, and I really like the voice, the rest of the voice cast. The vo, I really like the, the rest of the, of the voice cast, of the voice acting too. Christoph Waltz's Count Volpe d- brings in a nice new addition to Stromboli and Honest John as Count Volpe. Kate Blanchett as Spazitoro is is pretty is pretty nice too. The David Bradley, who plays Geppetto, does a fantastic job too. By the way, also to mention this, David Bradley was the man who played Mr. Filch in Harry Potter. So yeah. So yeah, Mr. Filch plays Geppetto. Even Ewan McGregor does a very good job voicing Sebastian J. Cricket. Despite Sebastian being useless in the film, he is useless for a reason in the film. Because because in because it is done because it was because I thought it was because I thought it was done better knowing the fact that Pinocchio was curious. And I do love like the whole idea of Pinocchio struggling to live up to his father's expectations and learning the true meaning of life because I really like how it really shows that what Pinocchio is getting involved in like and it really shows because Pinocchio got involved in a lot of stuff realizing that realizing that Cal Volpe was not what he seemed so and so is war so yeah Pinocchio is still was still a child learning the meaning of life and I like how that film incorporates it a lot better than what the live action Disney remake did also, Guillermo del Toro did a fantastic job with this film. The music itself, I thought the music was fine. And the music was composed by Alexander Desplat. In my opinion, he did a very good job with the music. I will say this, the, the musical, the, 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 the songs, the songs aren't as memorable as the, as the Disney classic, but they still bring in, but they still bring in a nice, uh, a nice, uh, they still bring in a nice moment for, for for the Pinocchio film, so if any so if anything if if so if anything if you're if you want to look into Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, it is on Netflix. So I su- I suggest you go I suggest you go check it out. It is definitely a good film to watch. And there you have it. That is my take on Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. And for those of you who have seen this film, what did you think of the film? Did you like Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio? Did you thought it was okay? Do you do you, do you think you do you think do you think do you think you recommend it to other people? I think I believe I recommend Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio to to people. I recommend I recommend watching it. It's actually pretty good. But anyway, thank you all for tuning in to Kodo Cinema. I am your host Mark Kodo, aka Kodo Man. Remember to watch movies and stay positive.